Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Today Thank is you. July the 14th. I have to look at my schedule yes, to remind myself. Right. <laughs> How many, so your coaching calls today, I know you've had a lot. Yes, with more to come. With more to come. So in your coaching <laughs> yeah. calls today, I've had some interesting ones too. One in particular that's standing out, um, a, a, a coaching call I had with a very successful agent. Um, it doesn't matter where, but the gist of it was is that he was having a problem finding inventory, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the that's the story. That's right what now. everyone wants to talk about, right? No yep. inventory, and he is the the interesting thing was in his market. He had no inventory in a particular price range. I'll tell you guys the price range. It was a million and a half. So I had these two buyers that were looking at a million and a half, and there's really nothing for sale in those price ranges. And in one of the cases, the uh, the buyer has a house to sell. So it would be, you know, multiple transactions here. And these price ranges are the real deal. And and these, so, but these, these guys are moving up to a million and a half, if I didn't say that correctly. Uh, and again, not a lot for sale. And the houses that were for sale, there's not a lot different, you know, differentiating one from the other. They're all sort of just production houses and whatnot. And in both cases, get this listeners, the buyers were both going to put down more than a million dollars. Matter of fact, one of them, the one without one to sell, house to sell, was relocating from Manhattan, mm-hmm. and this is down. They're moving down to uh, I can't, I can't even remember Charleston. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and so a lot of that, by the way, a lot of people escaping the cities and moving mm-hmm. down to parts of the country where um, maybe they had roots there, maybe they went to college there. But the point is, is they're getting the heck out of the expensive cities, and that's definitely a, a, a mega trend that's not going to slow down anytime soon. So. Um, the problem was, again, nothing for sale in the million and a half range. The things that were for sale in the million and a half range, there was really nothing distinctive about them. So, you know, sort of semi-historical. Some of them, this is the pluses, the minuses. But if they were to move up to the $2.5 million price range or even like the $2 million price range, then you start getting houses that were on the water, truly unique properties. And right in the $2.5 million price range, you're looking at properties that were going to be, you know, essentially dream houses, really, for a lot of people, the kinds of things you'd see in home magazines in this particular market where he lives. Now, I realize if you're in Southern California, two and a half million gets you a production house, but just bear with me on my story here. So his problem was, is he was, these buyers were saying, we want to stay in that million and a half range, we're good to go, da, 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 da. But the stuff that they wanted to look at and buy was just sort of, eh, you know, they just weren't into it. And and so he's beating his head against a wall, trying to create inventory in this a million and a half price range, and he wasn't going to do it. They're just, you know, all the normal market gyrations were essentially making it so there wasn't a lot of um, you know, inventory. And no reason to believe there's going to be for probably at least another year, and both these buyers want to buy now. All right, so here's what I told him to do. This is what I'm telling all of you guys to consider doing. Now, it's not going to work in all price ranges, but will in most price ranges. With interest rates as low as they are right now, I sat down and I, while we were, well, he's explaining to me his you know, problem, I did a quick mortgage calculation and I figured out if those borrowers were to say, move up to $2.5 million, how much would that cost them per month considering in both cases they're putting down substantial down payments? And the answer was like 3500 bucks. And so I asked him to ask them whether $3,500 was, you know, I mean, 
clearly $3,500 if you're putting down a million plus for a house is probably not that much of a month a monthly you know burden. So can they, would they consider spending an extra million and a half dollars, then all of a sudden finding houses that uh, probably, well, or definitely much more desirable. But there's another hidden benefit too. And it's not the tax write-off because none of these people have tax write-offs because as soon as you start earning a certain amount of money, you don't get those tax benefits anyway that, uh, you know, writing off interest and whatnot. So he um, said, well, I hadn't thought about that. You know, I was trying to basically respect their price range. And, and then I said, well, you were and you did, but you're finding that it's gonna, you're going to frustrate them and they're probably going to end up not working with you. Or if something's going to come for sale, they're going to, you know, some pocket listing, some you know, listing agent will then double end it. You won't get this commission yep. on that one. That listing agent will then probably get the listing you otherwise would have had. So that's what you're setting yourself up for. So go and find something that's more expensive. Show to them, show them what the price, uh, the payment would be, uh, and you know he's probably going to discover that all of them are going to be thrilled that he showed them something that was much better than what they were looking at before. And maybe even people that are you know sophisticated financially wouldn't have taken into consideration that the payment because the interest rates would have been so low. And so that's what he's going to do. And I guarantee you, the next coaching call I have with him next mm-hmm. whatever day this is Wednesday, he's going to you know say, well, they it was a great idea, and then both of them are in contract now, or something to that effect. Now here's the hidden benefit. Because it wasn't just enough, he couldn't wrap his mind around, and I understand why. Like, he didn't want to be perceived that he was just trying to upsell them for the sake of his own commission, right? Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. Yep. But here's a simple, interesting fact that uh, about real estate, especially when you go into the price ranges where, say, for example, a million and a half to two and a half millions, you're up around price range for, the, for your particular area. Sure, there's some outliers that are more expensive, but let's just say, for the most part, that's considered a real luxury home. When you're purchasing real estate like that, or when you're investing, it's not, you know, if you're spending money on something like that, it almost always is better to buy the nicest home in the neighborhood versus the least expensive home in the nice neighborhood. So the and this is these are interesting statistical facts. Like when Julie and I were, you know, coming up in real estate, the thing was always to buy sort of the, you know, the dodgiest house in the nicest neighborhood because the other houses will bring it up. But now it works just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Now if you're and now Scale that thought. And if you're looking at properties that are going to be luxury properties where you're going to be at the top of your price range in your market, then you have to buy something that's truly unique. In both cases, these buyers would love to have something on water where they could have a dock and a boat. And that two and a half million range, they could. So let's say it's a year from now. And let's say there's some price depreciation. The properties that, generally speaking, are immune to price depreciation are the ones that have superior location, like, for example, houses on water with docks. Mm -hmm. So the question I asked them and asked him to, you know, and he has got to do some research. He's going to have to go into his marketplace. He's going to have to find maybe the exact houses that are for sale now, find out what they would have been selling for similar houses um, back in 07 versus, you know, he he needs to show them that the market fluctuation and the uh, hypothetical depreciation that they might be facing down if there's a real tough uh, buyer's market next year, that the more expensive houses with superior water locations in his example are almost immune to um, essentially the depreciation the rest of the market will experience. And now this is incredibly important for you to understand that there is no one market in your market. And like the last real estate bust, houses in Southern California, for example, the houses that were on the water, guess what? They didn't appreciate. I mean, they just stayed flat, but they didn't dump out on value. Same thing goes with anything that has a superior location. So just remember that. So if you're working with buyers right now, especially because these interest rates are so crazy low, 
you need to consider pushing them up in price or encouraging them to and show them using actual market data from the MOS that those houses are the least likely to suffer from any kind of market reset, which is what we're going to experience next year. Um, and then also, if you've got sellers that would sell if they could find their house and there's nothing in the price range that they're looking, they look every day. How many times do you hear that? Well, same logic. Say, listen, let's push this up and let's see what's what. But before, you know, you just think I'm, you know, telling you that out of self-interest and just trying to make more commission out of you. Here's the deal. First of all, I want you to know what the added payment would be. And then I also want you to know that that actually is a safer place to put your money than the house, the price range that you're considering. Because if the market adjusts down and we do have historical data from 12 or 14 years ago, you probably are going to experience the least amount of depreciation. So keep all these things in mind. Any thoughts on that? Well, and two specific thoughts. One is that perhaps spending that $3,500 a month on the better product in the better location with better prospects would actually save them potentially hundreds of thousands in depreciation. There you go. Right? That's a great side point. I mean, so, and in addition to that, it probably also saves them a second move. That's right. If they're people who typically would move up, right? right. Get used to their new market and then yep. move up again. And how much does just the act of moving cost, especially when you're talking about houses of that size? Well, when you have people so, in this price range, they can actually have those conversations sure. and you're not creating any financial hardship nope. for them, you know? It's just a smart move. So right. I, I appreciate your point. And I think that that doesn't only apply in that price range, you know? You could have people that are looking to pay cash for 500000 that should maybe well, bump up to a million. But ratchet this down to like you know? Columbus, Ohio, where you and sure. I sold real estate. Mm -hmm. You know, the average sale price there is probably, what, now 350 probably? It's crazy. Probably around Where there. we used to sell real mm -hmm. estate, yeah. So if you look at those price points and you say, well, you know, I can't find anything in Clintonville for sale for, you know, $300,000 or whatever, which, again, I bet <laughs> I can't even insane. conceive that. Because when Julie and I were selling those houses, <laughs> they were like less than half that. But in any event... So, you know, there's nothing for sale in that particular price range. Well, here's the deal. If you push it up by $100,000, just $100,000, with interest rates now easily obtained in the, you know, 3%, if not the 2% range, depending yep. on your credit and your bank relationship, you're looking at this additional payment per month. And then it's like, yes, you're skipping a payment. Yes, you're tech, or you're skipping a move to Julie's point, and you're adding this much, but you're going to lock in a, you know, 30-year fixed rate mortgage where if there is inflation, the inflation on the house will basically more than cover the um, interest you're paying on the loan. I mean, these are all these types of things that are completely bizarre to even be considering happening yeah. right now. But that's all the, you know. The, well, not to mention it'll be a house they like a heck of a lot better. Exactly. They can grow you know, into it opposed to growing out of it. That's an excellent script. Yeah. That's, that is a good script. We need to write that one down. It is. All right. I copyright that one. You guys can't use it. <laughs> it'll be discussed on Premiere shortly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that that's definitely um, strategy, right? We've been talking about in a shifting market because several things can be true all at the same time. You've got to have better strategy and better skill, and that's a great example of that. You know, I was thinking when you were talking, if you can even combine that, if you can find it, depends on the market and price range, but if you can find builders who, at that higher price range, are also subsidizing the financing and buying the rate down into the, like, 2%, you know, if you can do that, some of that's going on as well. So it's what's best for your buyer, but you got to remember, they don't always know. They don't think about real estate the same way you do. So I think you make excellent points on that. And then the nice thing too is if just you know rounding the bend on this, if you do have people who have the ability to put down more than 20%, 20 or 30%, you really don't have to worry about appraisals and PMI and all that. So make sure some of you guys listening are not experienced or sophisticated yet in real estate to know all of the things I've just said to you. 
that's the reason you sign up for coaching because yep. that's that's the conversations we have every single day. Every day. And you can see I'm venturing a guess that probably I don't even know how many of you guys will you know listen to the show today. Probably fifteen or sixteen thousand of you. I'm venturing a guess that probably ninety percent of you just learned something from the little five minute thing I just you know rolled out that will result in you being able to make money from a real estate transaction. That's the whole point of real estate coaching for to help you see that your blind spots and everyone's got blind spots, guys. You know, you know, everyone does for everything that they do. There's little idiosyncratic things that you just normalize and you're not realizing you're doing. And then you essentially lose opportunities that other people might get because you might have a buyer that takes themselves out of the market because they can't find something in the price range in which they're looking and you just discount them even though they have a house to sell. Whereas if you were to have the you know experience and the gumption and the skill set to have a reasoned conversation like what I did with him that he'll then have with his clients, then you can create transactions where other people can't. That's the reason in a market like this, it becomes a skills-based market, not a relationships-based market, because even if you have the relationships, if you don't have the skills to get the transactions done, you're not going to make any money. You know, you're not going to be helping people. Well, and that's, I mean, if you talk about providing value, it's having strategies like that that they're never going to come up with on their own. You know, what do you get paid for? You get paid for solving people's problems. And there's lots of different ways to do that. So I think that's interesting. You know, some of my coaching calls um, today have centered on, as I said yesterday, listing agents being like crazy busy, spinning all the plates in the air at the same time. Of course, inventory is an issue for some. A lot of the smarter listing agents, especially our more grizzled veterans, are looking at their own database to find inventory. And they're using, you know, everybody's supposed to be calling their past clients center of influence anyway, but they're targeting. If I've got a buyer that's looking for something specific and I sold that three or four years ago, does that person maybe want to move? And that's one of the reasons why we see a lot of dual agency right now. Well, so let's think about taking transactions that would have been coming to you next year or the year after that out of the market now. To Julie's yep. point, what you just said, and these are you can you guys can tell Julie and I are in coaching mode because <laughs> we're thinking <laughs> like this. So again, you know, building on what Julie just said, go call your centers of influence. Call the people who you know have kids that aren't quite yet out of high school yet. We're going to be at high school mm -hmm. and ask them and just have a conversation with them. They're going to want to talk about the real estate market. Everyone's going to be confused and you know curious, but they're also going to be operating on old information. The old information that's about the market's hot, still seller's market. They're still going to believe that's going on and that's going to, the new market's going to be. Some of them will then want to know, well, is this a good time for me to sell? And the answer is, of course, going to be yes. And more so than ever, because chances are, if you believe every single report that's coming out nowadays, next year is definitely going to have price depreciation. The house will be worth less next year mm -hmm. than it's worth this year. So they definitely should be considered selling. And if it was something they were thinking about doing next year, maybe even the year after that, and they're doing it for lifestyle, downsizing, whatever reasons, call them up and tell them that there's every reason to believe that now is going to be the best time to sell your house at least the next 12 months, maybe for the next five years. That's right. I'll tell you another interesting trend that I've been seeing with multiple coaching calls is people who had second homes. So they've got like, say, a primary home in Chicago, and then they've got maybe a lake home somewhere. They're selling the primary home and moving permanently oh, to yeah. the vacation home. Seeing a lot of that, which I think is interesting because, you know, that might help with the inventory issue because you've got a listing, but not somebody who needs to buy. So um, a lot of that kind of thing going on. And then quite a few, quite a bit of action in the VRBO market with people getting rid of those because they don't want the risk and the expense when they can't be guaranteed to rent it. And those changing from VRBO properties into primary residences. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I think this may be looked at as the great shift as well, people, sure. you know, move different directions for different reasons. Um, some of our agents are reporting uh, lots of requests for not just a Zoom room, but also a nanny suite and a homeschooling suite. And so some of them are investigating, you know, some of these, um, you know, like the prefab little offices oh, yeah. to put in your backyard yep. because they, their inventory doesn't actually support those requests, especially in the older house markets. You're not going to find a well, house What that had been has called that. a shed is now basically <laughs> considered like, yeah, I know, definitely. Yeah. And those, those prefab things, some of them um, you don't have to have permits for because they're just up on um, blocks stilts. or whatever they are on stilts. Yep. And those can be used as, I've seen yoga studios, home offices, Zoom rooms, homeschooling areas, or just a little retreat from your too small house. At least you've got a backyard. Right. So the requests that we're seeing for inventory have changed. The nature of what people want to buy has changed. And you guys really have to educate yourselves and be willing to deliver on what the market is trying to give you. It's exciting, actually. I think it is. It's interesting. Well, it is because it's not... It, what you're seeing is essentially... So many things that would have normally taken, you know, a decade or more to transpire, changes that would have normally maybe never happened, but certainly happened over a long protracted period of time. They're all happening within like a year or less. Yeah. And these trends, sure. these the momentum that you're seeing right now and people's preferences about housing and really you're going to see it meandering into lifestyle preferences are going to mm -hmm. change. You're going to see employers that are going to have to start leading with, you know, work from home. Whole businesses are going to change. Whole bis whole essentially, you know, beliefs about the way things are supposed to operate from an economic perspective. And we, you and I, everyone talks about restaurants, but you could scale that into any direction you wanted to go. Obviously, schools, and all, you know, then you're talking about well, maybe there can be, um, you know, maybe churches, for example. You guys know about the big mega churches, and how do they? How have they always done it? They've always done it. They, you know, broadcasting on TV. Well. Mm -hmm. If there's a, a way so you could have a huge congregation that stretches all over the you know planet, however many people tune you in or watch you on the internet, well, why is it that you can't do conferences that way? Why is it? I mean, and then you look at EXP, that you know they own Verbella, and Verbella is this you know it's another company that's part of EXP basically, EXPI anyway, and they're able to provide completely you know online. Uh, campuses. And I don't know how to explain it other than that. Just Google Verbella and then take a tour. You guys will be cool. shocked how cool the technology that's evolving is. So these things are exciting, but they're also scary because you're realizing that a lot of the things, you know, essentially the structural beliefs that you have and the structural, uh, you know, skill set that you have is going to be obsoleted faster than you can possibly imagine. Um, and yeah, you can be ex excited about that. And I'll tell you where I, how I feel personally. You know, I'm 50 and I definitely would like to not have to constantly be reinventing myself every, you know, mm. it seems like every five years, but that's right. just the way it goes. But there's a lot of opportunity in that because if you look at it from an opportunity to help people and obviously from a capitalistic perspective, you have an unfair advantage as long as you are willing to essentially put up with the, you know, seemingly never ending discomfort of having to change and evolve. Yeah, so you've got to go to Premier. Yes. That's true. So listen, if coaching you... Coaching adventures continue. That's right. So Julie's going to have more coaching from the uh, from her Premier call today to talk about. Uh, so those of you guys who are in Premier Coaching, make sure you're jumping on Julie's call live every day. That way you can ask questions. You're literally hearing her close the door to our little um, home office studio that we have for doing podcasting. 
But guys, look, their changes are going to come fast and furious. The creativity you're going to have to start bringing to your transactions is going to be like never before. And where this is going to tra- uh, where this is going to transition into, and you're going to start feeling this towards the end of the year, are very uncomfortable conversations if you don't have the skill set with both your buyers and your sellers. And here's where these conversations are going to circle around. On the seller side, it's going to be basically they're selling into a market that's going to have essentially a lot of price depreciation or essentially a lot of people that are nervous about purchasing in that particular market. So you're going to be entering into a market uh, from a seller's perspective that's very uncertain um, and that you know there's going to be a lot of homes they're going to be competing with. And they're then necessarily not necessarily going to be in the same position to purchase the next house because maybe the equity situation isn't going to be the same. And then on the buyer side, obviously, the buyers are going to be fearful about catching a falling knife. So you're going to have essentially, an, a, for a lot of you, you're going to have an unusual amount of pushback from both buyers and sellers. The only real pushback you've been having from buyers, what of late, really, for the past you know decade, has been find me a house, there's nothing for sale, how much over do I have to pay, right? That kind of conversation. And sellers, it's been you know downward commission pressure because they know the house will sell themselves, sell itself and you know trying to get you to overprice it. Well, now you're going to have pressures that are going to come from the exact opposite direction from both buyers and sellers. How long will you take to learn uh, that these skill sets are necessary? Or are you going to wait until you start losing deals to realize that you should have been taking different actions? These are the fascinating things that this type of market allows. Because if you're willing to be a you know first mover and learning new things, that you're going to have people naturally want to do business with you. The others of you, most of you, and I realize this is human behavior, behavior you're going to wait too long. And you're going to wake up one day as you've lost a few deals, you will lose a couple listings here and there and you'll just write it off, say it's, you know, they, you'll make some excuse why you didn't get the listing. And then you'll lose a few more. And then you'll realize that maybe you were the problem because you were the problem that you could have done something about it, but you just didn't. You waited too long. I ask you, I beg all of you not to wait too long because you're going to suffer needlessly and so will your family. Do the smart thing um, and seriously consider getting your skills on and don't wasting time. Don't think about it. The branding and the team building and all that has a place, but it cannot be your dominant energies every single day worrying about things like that. Those effectively, those types of activities might, might have a place to reenter or a space, an opportunity to reenter the real estate market in two or maybe three years. But now the market is migrating towards a skills-based market. Those of you with skills will be the ones that dominate the market. You can have a no-name brand, you know, right? Nobody knows who you are except for the fact that you all of a sudden start seeing sold signs with their with you know this agent who you've never heard of. You start seeing their sold signs in it, you know, all over the over your community, or you start seeing them in the MLS. Well, what is it they're doing differently that you're not doing? They probably have figured out how to target, for example, sellers that are underwater or near underwater, and they know what to say and how to solve their problems, and then they take listings that other agents can't. That's just a for example. You have all these other different interesting opportunities that only arise during a changing market, let alone a buyer's market, that all of you guys could be you know, essentially getting the most out of it. Don't wait to you know have the market prove to you what I'm saying is true. It is true. This is it's a predictable cycle. This happens, you know. Unfortunately, these recessions and depressions and all the rest of it seem to be happening at least every ten years. By at least sometimes it's every seven years. It's too frequent for my for me. I don't know about you guys, but that's just the nature of life. And there's nothing we can really do about it. So please do seriously consider. 
becoming one of our coaching students. And it's we've made it so easy for you. Uh, just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Yes, we have information on building your team. Yes, we have information on branding and social networking and all that other stuff. But I promise you, when you join our coaching program, we're going to disallow you from focusing too much of your energies on those things because we know ultimately that's not going to really get you down the road in the direction that you want to go. You're going to have to learn, accept the fact that you have to go through a little bit of discomfort to learn what you you know should have learned, frankly, in the first place. And you're going to have to do it quickly before the market essentially rolls you up and steams, steam rolls over you as it moves on to buyers, uh, I'm sorry, agents that have the skill set. You don't have to have that happen to you, and you don't have to wait to see if we're right. Listen to the past podcasts, especially listen to the past podcast that Julie and I did last Sunday. It's a, it was a real eye-opener for a lot of you when we started talking about the other types of things that are going to start affecting the real estate market, and I mean you know taxes, frankly. Guys, there has never been a better, more, you know, this industry right now, it's the perfect time to be in the real estate industry. This it, Right now, what you're going to experience, provided you have the skill set, is going to provide so much opportunity for you, you can't even possibly imagine it. Because you're going to know something other people don't know. And what's more important, you're going to be able to apply what you know where other people don't even know how to apply it because they don't even know what they don't know, right? So that's where the opportunity, it, that's where it arises. And then you will have an advantage in the marketplace because, again, you'll know things that other people don't know and you'll know how to apply those things in such a way at, at such speed that the rest of the market's going to have to catch up with you. This is the type of market that would, where Julie and I got into real estate originally when we were in our early 20s. And we sold over 100 houses our first year, 103 with our pendings. True story, okay? This was when our, we were in our early 20s and the early 90s. It was in a transitioning market like this. We love transitioning markets because it does create so much opportunity. And the opportunities move from one group of agents to the another group of agents. The centers of influence and past client type agents, they're usually the ones that suffer the most in a market like this. You know, the most suffered agents are the ones that basically only know how to work with buyers. Those are the agents that are going to suffer the most, followed by the agents who only know how to get business from centers of influence and past clients, right? That's just the way it goes. So if those are your two buckets, you better, frankly, you better get ready. It's going to be a rough ride for at least probably the next 24 months, maybe even for the next five years. Nobody really knows. Am I telling you guys doom and gloom or am I just basically telling you things that I'm hoping you're going to listen to for the sake that you can be, for, you know, for, for your own sake, for, so you can be prepared? You know, our mantra is hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst. So many agents are spending so much time on the hoping, not enough on the preparing. So seriously consider becoming one of our coaching members. Just text the word Harris to 31996, H-A-R-R-I-S. And when you do, we're going to text you back um, a whole bunch of free books, one of which is the Real Estate Treasure Map. And the Real Estate Treasure Map includes the 90-Day Massive Action Plan. And that's the 90-Day Plan that we created for all of you, exactly what you should be doing every single day for the next 90 days. Just text the word Harris to 31996. There's no reason to feel, fear, feel fearful in a market like this or even be pessimistic, provided you are excited about the opportunity to actually learn the things necessary that this market demands. The fear that you feel uh, or the apprehension that you feel is your body's natural reaction to knowing that it's ill-prepared. That's okay. Listen to it. Take action on it. Don't question it. 
And then no matter what happens at the end of this year into next year, it won't really affect you because you're going to be ahead of the curve. You're going to already know, or at least on your way to knowing exactly what you need to know to help those folks. You know, your centers of influence and your past clients, a lot of those guys are going to be, you know, hoping and praying that you're going to have the skill set to help them. Now, they might call you out to talk to you about selling their house, for example. But if you then, you know, don't know how to solve their problem because they're underwater or because they're selling it for less than they, uh, you know, paid for it, and even if, you know, they still have equity in it from their down payment, if you aren't ready to have those conversations, they're going to have those conversations with somebody else, right? They're not, they're going to be a little bit, frankly, distrustful of you if they discover that you're not willing to basically help them solve the problem this new market presented. But how many of you are even going to feel comfortable talking with your centers of influence and past clients because you know that they're going to be essentially underwater and you're underwater or not be in the same equity position that they thought they were? Maybe in your particular market houses, you know, don't lose value as much as some of these reports are expecting to have happen. Maybe your market's just fine. Maybe you're living in a coastal market where you're selling some of these houses that have you know, value no matter what, the mar- what direction the market goes. And I hope that's true, but I know it's not, right? So you're going to be all these different headwinds from all these different directions that on the surface, if you don't know what to do, found, sound very scary. I get it. I totally and completely understand. But going back to Julie and I's first year in the business, we didn't know what we didn't know. We learned along the way. We didn't have anyone telling us how to do short sales or had a conversations with sellers that, hey, guess what, Mr. Seller? Yes, you've lived in your house for five years or seven years, but after selling fees, you know, unfortunately, you are making absolutely nothing and you might even be losing your down payment. That was a fairly normal thing to happen um, when Julie and I were talking with sellers. That was a normal conversation. Now, the market changed. After a while, it did. It turned more into a seller's market, but it took a long time. So, guys, opportunity is around you no matter what direction the market is going. It just flows to different people. Now, if you've been having the best time of your life and you've been having, you know, every year has been better than the previous year and real estate is really treating you well, you want to do everything in your power to continue that trend. And the way to continue that trend is continue to stay relevant in the eyes of your of your real estate consumers. And the way you're going to do that is with your skill set. Again, some of you guys have worked yourselves into having a superior quote unquote brand in your marketplace, and that's fantastic. But the brand will not be worth anything if you're not able to solve people's problems. They're not just going to do business with you because they know you. You're going to have, knowing you is an advantage, right? If you have a big center of influence or if you have a big, you know, essentially social network where people will caught, at least give you a shot at the listing or a shot at working with them on the buyer side. But if you don't know how to solve their unique set of problems, they're not going to do business with you. You guys understand in the previous market, you would be able to get business just because they're in your centers of influence and past clients because they liked you because they weren't that particular because they knew the house would sell itself for the most part. And that is true. But in this new market, it's not going to work like that. Intellectually, do you understand what I'm saying? Hopefully you do. Seriously consider becoming one of our coaching members and don't wait till next year. Do it this year. Get ahead of the curve. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. Listen, guys, do not be fearful provided you have the skill set. Be excited. Real estate, this industry is one of the greatest blessings for all of us. It's an amazing business, an amazing industry because you are in a position to help so many people at the highest level. It's exciting. It really is. We're all very, very blessed. Um, And I hope you feel that way too, because we are. And as the more the market changes, 
the more blessed you will actually find yourself being provided you know how to help people. And I mean it in a financial way, but also in a, you know, really in a spiritual way too, because you're going to feel very fulfilled from knowing you've helped other people solve their problems. That's an amazing feeling. It's what drew Julie and I to coaching, frankly, you know, so help us to frankly help you make the most of what this market has to present. And we're giving you the clear direction and what path to follow. So please don't delay doing that. If you guys need me for anything, text me at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, please text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.